Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. You know, it kind of smells like a Wednesday out there. Does it smell like a Wednesday at 2 p.m. to you? No, it's very moist. <laughs> what does Wednesday smell like? More like, you know, just middle of the week bland, I'm assuming, right? It's like in the middle, you know, like a taint, like the chode. This is the chode of the week. This is the way to start it off. So uh, I think the biggest news story for the week is that we still don't have our, our hemp application out in the state of Illinois. What's the biggest news for you out there? Well, we got lots of stuff going on here in uh, Washington as we remain the uh, the S show for uh, legalization. Um, we got bills coming through right now. Um, one that, if you're a Washington state citizen, you should be really concerned about. That's a SB fifty three one eight, and this bill will give the LCB, which is our power, the ones in charge of uh, cannabis regulation. They'll give them to the Department of Agriculture. I think that happens a lot in the different states. They they give it to the Department of Agriculture. Which yeah, we'll be talking about uh, uh, hemp definitionals later. That's that's a, a good part of the news for this. Oh, goodness. But what's going on over in Washington State with the the, the powers that be? Oh, sure. So this uh, this bill SB fifty three one eight will give them more powers to uh, uh, revoke a retail retailer's license with one single violation. So right now, our LCB, the uh, Liquor Cannabis. Bureau, uh, they uh, they're money hungry. We have a place that's being shut down for violations for simple things like uh, uh, snipping of an RFID tag, like when you're trimming. Um, so they're 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 what, finding. What they, what they Why are they trying? When you say they're money hungry, how are they going to make any more money if they're shutting down the the retail outlets? Wouldn't they need the taxes? Well, there's a backlog of licenses as well. I think it's a matter of manipulation as well as the market. Oh, I see. They're, they're trying to, like, rig the system a little bit to say, well, who's going to get the, the next token? And if you're not towing the lines or maybe paying somebody off, I'm not suggesting that, that you know, there's any type of that going on, but that you could be more likely to lose your uh, your license livelihood. Yeah, exactly it. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're flexing their, their, their muscle, their weight. And then we also we also actually have two other bills that are going through. Um, one that just uh, uh, re, uh, in regards to medical marijuana in schools and, and and for kids. 
Yeah, the medical marijuana in schools is always kind of an interesting topic of it, but um, you know, I don't know. I don't know much about where they're at in Illinois. I know that they allow it. Well, it's usually 18, but maybe maybe they allow it in certain circumstances when the child really particularly needs it. But I thought most of the uh, medical marijuana for children had to, you know, it was mostly hemp. It was usually the CBD was the cannabinoid they used to try to treat the kids. Well, this one's going through. We are. I'm gonna post a link in the uh, comments of YouTube for people on Facebook. But uh, uh, this bill is actually going through, and it's actually. Uh, in the same bill, they're addressing the testing issue that I talked about, where they only test uh, uh, medical, not recreational. Right. So it's kind of create like a baseline for, well, they're trying to. So we'll see how that goes. Hmm. And then uh, what else we got? Oh, and then another. Well, point. Let's let's talk about uh, a new poll that came out that was actually 84 percent in the new survey. And that's a, a Harris X poll released on Tuesday. 84 percent of Americans now support legalizing marijuana. Uh, they have, I'll put the link in the description as well. They have a really cool um, Excel spreadsheet that goes over the thousand people that they pulled and they sampled. I thought they, the, the way that they broke down the questions was a little misleading because they, they asked, you know, uh, essentially marijuana should be legal for any use. Marijuana should only be legal for medical uses. Marijuana should be illegal, but only distributors should be prosecuted. Or mm. marijuana should be legal and both users and distributors should be prosecuted. And so the, um, the breakdown was kind of interesting. When it says 84%, the supporters had to like pick one or the other as opposed to both. So 42% said that uh, they should be legal only for medical uses, and 42% said legal for any use. And I think that's uh, an interesting – well, then, of course, the remaining 16% were split, split, ah, split I thought – Split be uh, between um, uh, thirteen of people. Thirteen percent of people actually want the no change in the law. Everybody uh, should have to be enforced against it, and it should be a crime for everybody. Which is just kind of draconian, or draconian that you you think that there's still thirteen percent of the people out there that want marijuana not only illegal but users should be prosecuted. Uh, and then, you know, why did they give it in such a way that they had to pick A or B? They couldn't have said, well, you know, either of it. But be that as it may, I guess you have to chop up the survey that you're doing one way or the other. Those surveys always seem to be kind of uh, uh, misgiving anyways, too. Well, there are examples of uh, political economics or uh, political science when it comes down to statistical analysis. And then how do you characterize that sample size? And then you ask people what they think. And maybe they think that way. Uh, one way because they have to say something or not. But uh, interestingly enough, it looked that uh, uh, one of the reasons why it's not higher is because uh, females are actually uh, less supportive of legalization for all uses than males. Uh, males were 47% legalized for everything. Females were 37%. But uh, for medical use only, males were 37%. You know, it's supported of medical use, but females were 46%. So, you know, uh, come on, come on, ladies, uh, get with the full legalization, full adult use. Let's go. Well, did you see uh, New Mexico is uh, bound to be the next one to decriminalize marijuana? No, that's great. I, I'm glad that they have more decriminalization uh, laws that are going out. Uh, somebody uh, dropped a comment about Alabama, and I looked up the Alabama bill, and man, that was uh, that was sad. Like, you know, because we talk a lot on these uh, stations about how um, – the law is kind of a 
it's a continuum. I mean, it's not just that you have a law that is then passed. And so where is Alabama and its medical marijuana um, uh, journey? It is quite, it's like not the first step, but, you know, maybe the first couple. Uh, simply because it is, you know, they've introduced it in the House. Do they even have one in the in the Senate? I don't know about it. It doesn't look like it. It's, it's only 30 conditions. So they're only in the introduction phase of a medical marijuana bill in Alabama, as opposed to where they are in your state of Washington state, where they have full adult use and they're they're fine tuning the uh, legal framework that they have for that. Well, you know, Alabama's been hurting for a long time. Did you see, I'm not sure if it was Alabama or Mississippi with the ACLU report. I did not. So there's a, let's see if I can find it. Um, they list a series of people whose lives were pretty much altered by the drug war. And uh, I mean, obviously. Most of them people down. I don't think they really care. I mean, like yeah. there, there was a really good uh, man. I think it was the John Oliver show this week had to do with uh, opioids and pharmaceuticals and just the extent because he had like Brian Cranston and all these other and Michael Keaton, all these other actors that were reenacting um, actual transcripts from the depositions from uh, one of the, the the Secklers in the Purdue pharmaceuticals that was just so so mean and you're like wow and that guy is rich as opposed to pablo escobar and well did you see the uh there's a website devoted to that the shackler gallery now oh man no i didn't but it was uh, again john oliver basically has investigative journalists that he then uses sarcasm and satire with it's fantastic fortunately hbo is funding the news (laughs) oh here we go so i found the uh it is in alabama this report came out by the LSB. I'll put it in the uh, links here. But they highlight like eight people's lives who were ruined from uh, marijuana laws, particularly. And then it's just funny, too. As of three hours ago in the marijuana moment, there's a headline Alabama, Alabama lawmakers unanimously approved marijuana decriminalization and committee vote. So they're making headla- headways, but at the same time, they're prosecuting their own. Man, that's too bad. That's too bad. Uh, but then uh, did you see what they were doing over in Florida with uh, limiting THC? Yeah, oh, my God. Florida just refuses to stay and be Florida, it just seems to be. Florida will still out-Florida any other state. I mean, Florida's, oh, my gosh, what the heck is that, is just undeterred, and it's in its own league when it comes to Crazy crap. Speaking of, they are, uh, the House Appropriations Committee approved Tuesday a bill to limit the strength of marijuana flower to 10% THC because that will stop the crazy. Well, you know, it, just like you were talking about that John Oliver report, because I'm working on an article addressing that. I mean, it was such a great report. And uh, that case, as far as pointing out the Shackler family, um, that you know, Florida was the, the hot spot for the pills to come through, the uh, the opioid crisis. You know, that's a very southern. Yeah, pill boxes were just, they were they were just spitting them out of Florida. I mean, yeah. it was something else that the amount of prescriptions that would come out of Florida and pill mills that they'd have. You could you can do some, uh, you can Google that stuff and find it. I mean, I might even want to just to put the, one of those most egregious examples in the headline or in the, in the description section so people can follow up on it. But it is spooky how manufactured they would they made the opioid crisis and it killed seventy thousand people last year 
Meanwhile, a plant that hasn't killed anybody is getting its THC limited arbitrarily again. And, and we're still being diverted with some bullshit conversation about a wall that's going to stop the drugs coming through. Wait it's our own fucking deal. Very, very good for America's resale value. Yeah. Uh, we got comments already. Uh, uh, Big Pac-Man says, the state of Pennsylvania has stopped medical marijuana dispensary from giving away pens with their logo on it. Oh, they're fucking going through the Washington State route. That's good times. Uh, yeah, as far as they're going by the Washington State route, so I'm kind of I thought Pennsylvania was getting there. They were growing. I mean, the first few years when the state goes medical, the the quality of the marijuana is not all that great, simply because a lot of the larger corporations have been locked out of the state that have the experience to to grow high, really really high quality flour. But uh, it catches up. So like now, uh, why don't you brief me on what you think was happening on that? Because you said that uh, if a dispensary is trying to like brand itself, they aren't allowed to do that. They can't give away like their own advertising of, of, of pens or something. Cause like pens got batteries. That would be a great place to place to stamp your logo. Well, any type of object, t-shirts, hats, beanies. I mean, these are things that you can only get um, Merch. merchandising where the real money is. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. I, mean, I don't understand how you just can't give free shit away. Like how does that hurt? the fucking bottom line of the regulation i just it makes no sense and so yeah it seems to be the state of pennsylvania uh, agrees with washington state that you can't advertise again there's more advertising legislation coming through in washington state again this year trying to crack down they're trying to crack down on seattle hemp fest coming up where they can't uh advertise in banners and whatnot well that's that's something else entirely and that's terrible i mean uh when i was looking up that florida uh, bill about limiting THC. I, of course, went to Google like everybody does, and you search, and there was actually an advertisement for anti-Florida uh, uh, marijuana. So I clicked it because it was right at the top. Uh, now, if I wanted to advertise my uh, law firm's legal services in Florida, you know, for helping with compliance with mer- uh, medical marijuana, I don't think I'm allowed to do it. But if I wanted to advertise my political uh, platform that says, you know, and the, the headline of the page was don't let Florida go to pot. Uh, that one I can buy Google ads for, it seems, which uh, I, I don't like. What I do like is that the States Act continues to uh, roll through uh, the halls of, of Congress. And now they have, uh, I believe that the States Act, not the States, I, I do this too often because I don't like the States Act. I think it's unconstitutional, but its name is substantially similar to the Safe Banking Act. The Safe yeah. Act, which I do like, I think is going through, and it's uh, it's now moving along more in the Senate. And let me see, state financial regulators. Uh, so now the states are pressuring uh, their uh, elected officials to uh, support the Safe Banking Act. That one, that, please do support the Safe Banking Act, and I hope that that one goes into the um, uh, the omnibus bill that will go to fund the government when we hit the next fiscal cliff right around September 30th next year. And that might actually mean that they change the, uh, the federal laws and the SAFE Act becomes law. Uh, and it would be similar with the Farm Bill this year as, as it's signed to continue to, like maybe Donald will get $2 billion for the wall and then they'll open the government back up. Uh, what do you think is the thinking behind the whole regulation of THC? What do you think? I mean... They're trying oh, to teach bananas. Should we talk about how the, the the farm bill may have legalized all all marijuana? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so 
there's this really cool company. I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, they're on the Internet, and they, they operate out of one of the uh, uh, states where it is you know, full adult use, fully they've, they've fully legalized cannabis, and they will ship you grams of hemp flour, and the hemp flour has been um, – uh, designed to have the same type of strain genetics. I'm not sure about this. For example, like one of them that you can buy is Blue Dream. So is that Blue Dream the same genetically speaking, except when it comes to the genes for um, secretion of THC? And so it comes in quite high at CBD, but it's not very high in THC. In fact, uh, here's one, and I'll just kind of cover up the the technical name, but uh, yeah, kind of. So it says sour diesel, CBD, uh, 14.6%, THC, 0.5%. Therefore, it is hemp. And then in the uh, package, it actually got this, you know, it's not gas chromatographs. There is uh, a wonderful hemp testing 101 by a uh, friend of the show, Rod Kite, uh, and where he explains the difference between how you can test and they actually have at the top, this is what they usually call, uh, lawyers call like an opinion letter, more or less. And so that, that letter at the top says, notice to law enforcement authorities in case somebody stopped and like, looked into it. They would then be uh, if, you know, advised and educated that this stuff is not marijuana, but instead it is industrial hemp because industrial hemp flour, according to the Farm Bill, is uh, cannabis that does not contain or that contains point three percent or less delta nine thc as defined uh in the farm bill uh, itself so they only are talking about the delta nine thc so if you look at these these things when it said there was zero percent and you look at the thca the thca on this which of course is not delta nine thc what do you have to do to make uh thca uh delta nine thc you gotta heat it up uh, a process called Called decarbonization. That's right. You got to decarbon. And so uh, if you look at the THCA levels on here, this one THCA is 0.667%. So in theory, if you decarboxylated this hemp flower, it would come in at approximately 0.7% delta 9 THC. Therefore, it is illegal marijuana. And you'd have to destroy the crop because in Illinois, uh, the regulations say that they have to test for uh, the percentage of the THC, but it will only be tested post-carboxylation. So, but according to the, the, that guy's opinion letter right there and the, how they represent the farm bill to be, this uh, is not, this is, this is a, a, a package from medical marijuana from the state of Illinois. This is some G6, AKA jet fuel. It is a fairly high quality flower as it is THCA count is 32.91%. However, it's Delta 9 THC count is 0.01%. So under the definition of the farm bill, that's only looking for the Delta 9 THC, this 33% THC marijuana flower would be considered industrial hemp. Hmm. But now who's going to take the risk? Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's too cute by half, man. And so, like, that is just uh, way too cute of a reading. And I think that if the hemp processors really try to push that too much, they might get a regulation um, from the federal government that, uh, you know, walks that back or clarifies that it is Delta-9 THC post-carboxylation 
uh, of it. Now, in the um, hemp testing 101, they do speak to uh, you can get false positives from using gas chromatographs to uh, test your hemp flower because the gas chromatograph would heat the, the, the hemp flower uh, above uh, the decarboxylation threshold and suddenly all the THCA that's in it that you're not supposed to be counting is converted in, by removing that acid group to just delta-9 THC, which you are supposed to be counting. And maybe the reason why the farm bill is written like that is none other than that's that thing that happens a lot. People just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, that's proven for every policy in every state because you have policemen and uh, and lawmakers in charge and not uh, agricultural types uh, creating a law. Uh, for Illinois, when you guys produce hemp, is it in the law for interstate commerce? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Commerce Clause would be able to affect anything that is grown. I mean, that's the Wickard v. Filpering case from, like, 1942, where some guy was growing some personal wheat for his own consumption. Do you like that? That's why he tuned into the news, isn't it, for these <laughs> tiny little constitutional law tidbits? Uh, and so you are allowed to uh, regulate, and, and by you, I mean, Congress, you, is allowed to regulate interstate commerce, even if it is uh, entirely intrastate. That's also the, the uh, a marijuana case the Rach case from 2004, uh, which was trying to invalidate some aspect of the Controlled Substances Act as overreaching uh, and and going beyond the pale of the regulatory authority granted Congress, it didn't work. Uh, the uh, the interstate commerce clause is is clearly there, even if what Congress is regulating is solely intrastate. But um, you know, because they're allowed to regulate that commerce, you know. Uh, that's 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 just not the most effective way to attack the Controlled Substance Act. I mean, if anything else, all this willy-nilly crap that really makes no sense at a federal level, and then you have these definitions that seem to say, like, now all marijuana, provided that you haven't lit it on fire yet, technically it's industrial hemp, um, which that's fine. You know, everybody can now just have their industrial hemp, and then for some reason, if it catches on fire, oops, you know, that there goes that uh, federally illegal, illegal marijuana. Well, the reason why I ask is I'm just wondering if you're advising your clients who are getting into the business like routes because you don't want to drive to like Idaho. Uh, I mean, they're still. Yeah, that's that's a legitimate thing. You know, you do want to make sure that you look at the map where uh, what states. Now, again, when it comes to and that's the supremacy clause is important. And so because uh, industrial hemp is lawful throughout the United States now uh, from uh, the farm bill. When you, the, the federal government's not going to really enforce that law. That's usually incumbent upon the states to enforce and, and set their own criminal laws. And so you're going to have a federal law that says, yes, you can have it, but you're going to have state laws that are arresting people and saying, no, it's marijuana. Uh, there may be some uh, litigation on that in the future, uh, depending on who gets arrested and, and who's paying uh, the attorney to uh, Put together that piece of litigation, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, you know normal or other organizations, kind of like the NRA, is really responsible for the expansion of the Second Amendment right because they would fund um, advocacy and, and lawsuits uh, to uh, to fight for for the Second Amendment rights. For example, evidently, if you have a medical marijuana card in Illinois, you're not allowed to have a FOID card. Now, doesn't that sound like a, a lawsuit that uh, for discrimination against your Second Amendment right to bear arms that uh, the, the, the NRA may bring? Uh, because if you know you're, you're now choosing between your medicine and your guns, man, 
That's totally un-American. But isn't that also, I mean, that stands in California and they have yet to speak up on that issue. I think they're afraid to touch it. I don't think they're afraid to touch it. I just think that the NRA has a lot of law enforcement and law enforcement doesn't support legalization. That's a good point. Uh, oh, so we got an article I saw, you know, since last week, um, there was a woman in, in uh, Michigan who was charged in public for possessing too much marijuana. And Michigan's a legal recreational state. She she had too much. Uh, I understand it's a legal recreational state, but as a cardholder in Illinois, I'm only allowed to have my 2.5 ounces. How much marijuana did she have? Uh, 9.6 ounces. Well, that doesn't seem like that much. I mean, especially if they allow for your own plants uh, to grow in, in Michigan. But I... Uh, I'm going to let Michigan uh, rule Michigan. I really don't have any plans of expanding into Michigan. Been there. It's just not all that nice. I just think weight amounts of possession limits are arbitrary because even to make medicine, you know, some people are truly sick or a good, it's, it's all like still um, self, um, self-use. Uh, you know, Tommy Chung, when he got busted for bongs, when he ran uh, uh, the, the bong company, out of uh, Pennsylvania. Got arrested for selling glass. Got arrested for selling glass. They came to his house, raided his house for nothing, found a p- pound of pot, and they're like, you have a pound of pot? He's like, yeah, you have a pound of sugar in your house. I mean, right. it's all the same I, I understand. Shit. Like, it's kind of ridiculous, but I, I'm not familiar with the uh, Michigan laws. I, it doesn't sound right. I mean, if they are regulating like it's alcohol, you don't – and maybe they should, you know, maybe that would help with alcoholics out there. Uh, sorry, sir. You just have too much vodka in your house. We're here to take everything besides three fifths. It's all you're allowed to have. And that's exactly it. It's like I could stack up a case of beer with whiskey and everything around like me. Cigarettes, just boxes and boxes of cigarettes. Have all of those, you know? Yeah. But God forbid no, I have. Protect me. Protect me from the nine ounces of cannabis. Oh, my gosh. No. Let's see. Well, hey, uh, I'll say Big Pacman uh, made another comment. It's so ridiculous for a plant to be illegal around the world that helps people medically. So, yeah, that's why we're here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's one of the reasons why we help people um, continue to keep it legal and uh, expand into this new industry. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm thrilled that I have people calling me, and then it looks like there is going to be a, a lot of business especially in Illinois, especially on this issue over the next two, three years. And uh, it's the way to go. I can't wait. And let's, let's, let's uh, harp a little bit on Illinois and also talk to the issue. I mean, like you're in the future, kind of. I mean, I realize you're just in Seattle, so it's kind of futuristic anyway. But at the same time, uh, you're in the future in relation to um, cannabis. So you guys have uh, legal marijuana and you still have your, your issues. But you have that industry that is there that, you know, has jobs and, and people are able to buy it and it's raising taxes. We don't have that yet. You know, we're trying to get to that future. And it's, it's nice to be able to have this conversation amongst the states so each state can see, well, which one is working the best. And then they can plug that in as they're uh, uh, introducing similar adult use bills into their own state. But to gripe on Illinois is... Where is it, Illinois? I keep refreshing the Shell Bill, SB007, and it's not there. And, you know, I, I keep refreshing the state of Illinois, the, the Department of Agriculture's 
uh, industrial hemp uh, web page waiting for the application to be released so I can you know, tell my clients and then we can get to work uh, putting those applications together and then tendering them to the state so that people can get the crop in the ground this year. But, um, you know, it just it still takes time. And then I know that this year isn't going to be near as big as next year. Did you hear how many hemp applications were in Tennessee, man? No. It like grew like tenfold. I mean, like last year there was uh, 78, I think. And this year there was like 780. So you're talking about the real demand here for CBD, especially when it comes down to its pain and its anti-anxiety properties. Uh, and, and then, you know, perhaps we'll see what it does for like uh, paranoia and psychosis and all the other stuff when you can actually start to study it, because this is one of those things where the hype has clearly outstripped the science because the science just was never allowed to be there. But uh, because of the anecdotal evidence of people saying it really helped for my pain or it really helped for my anxiety, the demand for this uh, uh, CBD, this cannabinoid, is uh, continuing to grow, and it'll probably continue to grow until uh, everybody who wants it or could benefit from it has it. And if you look at, like, Advil and you look at Xanax and you wonder how large of a market share that is, that, that there could still be a long way for this to grow, and that's before it, it starts taking out uh, the petroleum industry. Yeah, industry. Well, like we talked about before, the CBD is going to be, like, the buzzword, right? Uh, just like... Bitcoin or, or um, you know, dot com, CBDs. Yeah, .com, you know, you would have a company 20, 23 years ago back in the mid-90s, and you put the words dot com, and it's not even a word. It's, well, I guess it is dot and com. Com's not a word. But you put yeah. that dot com after it, and then suddenly its valuation would be like just skyrocket. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that talking about the CBD uh, prospects of it, there's a, you know, I follow a lot of YouTube channels, and I just saw a commercial for a, a CBD vape pen for this uh, uh, rap group out of, like, Alabama. A, wait, a CBD vape pen for a rap group in Alabama? That's pretty yeah, I mean, I mean, that thing, uh, but Think about it like your swag, you know. Oh, my gosh, is that what I should do for some of my swag as a cannabis lawyer? Should I get like um, my own batteries for the vape pen and like have like my number on it and my website? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that. I can hook you up to a guy with uh, white labeling for C uh, CBD joints. Oh, cool CBD joints. That's that's pretty sweet. I might do that as well. But uh, yeah, and CBD joints. Yeah, man. If because that's that's totally legal. Why not? But also. Yeah, even if they don't smoke it, if they smoke it, great. They still are going to talk to, to people about it. But if not, then they'll they'll see it because the batteries they wear out and they they're all made in China anyway. Yeah. Well, and then the batteries, the cartridges, even in our legal state, these guys are buying the 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 cheapest uh, uh, vendor, and some of these Chinese cartridges they just don't work right. Uh, yeah, and that's that's just a quality thing. They shouldn't really be doing that. I mean, you do get what you're paid for, but there's some standardization. They're all 510 thread, uh, which is a term that I heard once about three years ago. I still don't know what 510 thread means. I just know that that is the exact size of that threading on the um, uh, the cartridge that you screw in or screw out. Well, the regulation for those things to be made is not you know much at all. And once it shows up here, it's a matter of how when you twist it into the, the battery itself, uh, if it's, it works or not, whether it's a good contact, you know, shit like that. Hmm. There is no real regulation for the quality of those fuckers. Well, a lot of things are regulations, as you see, they move pretty slowly. Like I, I said, the state of Illinois 
still not open for business, still doesn't have an adult use bill. Uh, and here we are, I believe we have six weeks left to go before the uh, summer recess for uh, the state of Illinois' legislature. So as okay. I'm advising people that are, are thinking about getting in, uh, I tell them, like, well, when is it going to be? Oh, well, thank you for asking me a question that has no answer. Uh, and so, you know, don't hold me to it when I'm wrong. But uh, it's and then I explain to them, you know, they have to introduce it. They have to pass it. It has to be signed. Then they have to have the regulations. The regulations have to be published, the comment period. They have the revised regulation. And then it'll finally have an effective date. And then they'll start taking the applications for the adult use stuff. Uh, it, that's that's months, and and the hemp uh, 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 progress is really giving me the opportunity to speak to uh, the clients that I have regarding um, you know the timing that you're going to have to think about for getting into uh, the marijuana space. But I do have some pretty interesting, cool news in terms of uh, one of my my clients and I think that it's a good idea to uh, to to do it ourselves uh, a little bit, not too much. Uh, well, according to your Chicago Tribune, uh, there are 60 of the 118 members of the uh, House signed on so far. I know, right? As, uh, that many of the people have already signed on. Now, I have only been checking SB007, which is Senator Steen's bill. And, and, and the House, that would be HB, I can't remember, that's that's Representative Cassidy's bill. But the And I think this, this Saturday I really should, in theory, find out where they are in Chicago and go up there. And then talk with them and be like, hi, I'm Tom, nice to see you. Can I, can I sit down? You know, we can have one of these little discussions where we can discuss about like what you're putting into uh, the adult use law in Illinois, why you're putting it into there, how you want it to work. Those are, those are great things because that's, that's going to allow me to then create uh, content so that I can help educate the public as to what the, how the law works. And then we can, you know, have the, the most streamlined, uh, adult use launch of any state yet today. It's going to be really nice. But, you know, um, Chicago's like three hours away. I, I got to mow my lawn. Um, <laughs> I, I do need to do another one of these YouTubes, but I, I will look up and, and, and something something else. I think that I got something else to do this weekend, but, uh, you know, just how it goes, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know, though, like in Chicago or in Chicago, uh, Illinois and the law itself, um, as it's coming about, in Washington State, originally it made it so only Washington State citizens could be part of the plan. And you know how you're talking about Tennessee licensees increased? I'm wondering how much, because I know in Oklahoma, for a fact, uh, after Oklahoma Hempfest, there was a lot of out-of-state money coming in. Um, I ran into a guy with a briefcase full of money looking for seeds. I mean, that's there's big money in play here, you know. And I'm just wondering, in Illinois, is it going to be only state people, or are you going to have out-of-state people able to come get licenses and whatnot? I don't know, but I uh, will assure you I have not yet seen any briefcases full of money. If I do, I probably still won't tell you. Um, uh, however, situs, situs means location in Latin. Uh, and so when you look at these uh, these applications and these licenses that you're going to have, they all have a, a, a situs. They have a location. And so if you're growing the hemp, you're growing it in Illinois. And so that's going to be one of the things they slap on the uh, – the Illinois uh, uh, CBD pills or gummies or whatever they're going to have after the harvest, they'll say proudly grown and processed in Illinois, something like that. You know, shop local with your CBD. Sure, but, but what's uh, uh, okay? Well, that's that's what I mean. It's like you know, the, the the licenses are going to correspond to a place in Illinois, whether that place is growing or whether that place is processing. 
And that's how the licensing uh, is. Now, that does not mean that the person who receives the license is going to be a human being. You know, it's going to be a company, an LLC or something. And that LLC could, in theory, have members uh, from all over the United States. It, the, the members could be from, uh, we'll just pick a state out of the hat that it clearly won't be, Nebraska. I, I highly doubt there will be any Nebraska money in there, but there could be, you know, I mean, because a, a person is allowed to form an LLC for any legitimate lawful business, and that now includes hemp farming. I mean, I've seen a lot of, in the days of early medical, even now in 502, there's a lot of interstate cannabis companies. Um, one of the first ones, you know, Chiba Chews, uh, big in California. I've seen them in Washington. Uh, and then now with what 502. I haven't seen them. It's a medicated uh, taffy. So but, it's uh, a Chiba Chew. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Now, that is something that I do support is uh, some type of medicated taffy. You know, uh, as Mary Poppins once said, that, that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, but then uh, <laughs> actually go up with the pitch when you say the word down. No, damn right. Well, you know, in Washington State, we have a chain uh, of uh, pot shops called Have a Heart, and they're already in California as well. Have a Heart? Yep. Like, like the Tin Man, you know, he doesn't have a heart or... Yeah, well, it originally started out as a medical uh, uh, dispensary, so that was their whole, like, compassion, you know, uh, for the patient's first type shit. And then the guy, because uh, the way in Washington State they structured is you can have either a shop license or a grower's license, but you can't have both. And mm -hmm. and, and they, they chopped up the fucking market. But um, yeah, this guy... But, like, LLCs are cheap and plentiful. I mean, like, you can just... All right, so you can't have both. Great. I am the sole shareholder member, whatever, of uh, this LLC that has the license and then this LLC that has the processing. Then you still own both of it, right? Or, I mean, they could do well, that in there. How do they have the, the phony baloney laws written? I believe they cracked down on that. Like only uh, for producer processor, there is a, a division. But what I've seen the workaround is, is one guy has the uh, uh, producer license and his brother, cousin's aunt, uncle has the uh, shop license. And so they what channel the funds through. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to have close-knit relations with your business partners, really, to make sure you're profitable in the end. Yeah, you know, and that's that's tough. Uh, agriculture is a, is a hard business. Agriculture is, you know, thin margins, uh, cash poor, land rich. It can be a tough business, but uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about hemp's opportunity for the ag community downstate because they, soybeans, they, they barely break even on. Uh, corn, they do make some profit on corn. Uh, uh, dairy, they have just gotten killed. The dairy farmers have. Um, and, you know, with, with the vegan movement and plant-based milk, um, I, I don't know uh, what the health trends of 2025 will be if dairy will come back. Uh, it might not, uh, you know, with, with all these plant milks that are out there now. Anyway, it's, it's, it is just something else, man. But, you know, I did get some really good news earlier on today. What's up? Uh, I got back in touch with Keith, uh, Mr. Stroud. Oh, and uh, he is up for scheduling an interview and uh, here's here's kind of what the, the piece that I want to put together on it is. Um, so people Google a lot. That's how somebody called me today from Arizona because they Googled me and they found out that I'm a cannabis lawyer. Pretty sweet, right? Yeah. 
All right. So um, with with Keith, uh, he is, to me, one of the quintessential 420 lawyers. I mean, how many of these popular 420 lawyers are out there? He's clearly one of them. He's founder of Normal, their, their, their general counsel. And uh, the term, the search term 420 lawyer is searched about 300 times a month. So, okay, uh, imagine that cannabis industry lawyer backslash 420 uh, lawyer top 10. That will be a URL. And then we'd have an interview with Keith Strop where we could ask him, like, you know, where's normal? Where's it going? How how is he? Because if he's in Washington, D.C., ask him about the federal status of a lot of these bills. You know, what's the likelihood if he sees it? And then I want to talk to him about, like, who his... Uh, influences in the legal profession, especially the cannabis lawyers are, and try to get like the top 10 uh, uh, marijuana lawyers of all time. Yeah, totally. That'd be great. Now, uh, I'm some Tuesday or Thursday, I'm going to schedule that. And then I got another, a few other people that want to kind of do like interviews uh, using this in the same type, you know, somebody f- later on in the season for, uh, the agricultural aspect of the commodity of 1010 hemp. So we're actually starting a market for that. Uh, and then there's another uh, company that does cannabis valuations, which as uh, somebody who, you know, I had, I had a stockbroker career for a very brief while. Uh, valuations of companies, especially as speculative cannabis companies, that just, that just almost like I, I want to see the chicanery in, the, in those numbers just to see what they're doing. That's that's crazy, but yeah. And then I have a friend that I can bring along too. Farmer Tom, he's creating this uh, um, uh, educational uh, program for hemp. For hemp, that'd be great because, uh, like I said, me and one of my partners wants to wants to grow maybe like an acre this this year, and maybe maybe even less because I don't know how much time and attention these plants need versus how much time and attention I can give these plants. You know, I'm a, I'm a busy guy, but I definitely want to have that real practical. Uh, knowledge and experience in the industry itself so that I can then be uh, more value add to my clients where I'm like, oh, yeah, don't forget to consider this and then do that and then ship it like this, all that type of stuff. So, you know, you really can can help them out. Yeah, no, it's best to have some experience. And that's my biggest issue with homegrow. Uh, you know, with no homegrow, the average citizen doesn't have the ability to join a market as an informed uh, employee. Well, right. Or the uh, think about it, like if somebody had like, you know, even the, I think it would come up to the same type of level as beer. There are some real beer nerds out there that brew their own beer. And I think there would be some real cannabis nerds out there that would grow their own cannabis. And those those nerds would speak out the most and be like, hey, did you know that they are putting this in commercially grown stuff? That's why you can't do it. And they can then have a more effective, uh, you know, uh, conversation with the regulations and the laws itself so that they can, uh, you know, test for these types of pesticides that you said are coming up in uh, adult use cannabis in the state of Washington. Well, you know, the, the other thing, too, is the inexperienced consumer, cannabis burns differently depending on what's going on with it. If it has pesticides in it, if it wasn't flustered, you know. It has different effects in your body, and if you don't have a knowledge base, you don't fucking know. Yeah, it's it's some fascinating stuff, you know. And now uh, I, I know a lot about it. I'm going to know a lot more in another five years. And uh, one of the coolest things that just, just cracks me up so much uh, was until like this month, 
I think this is the first official month that I have now made more money from cannabis than I've spent on it. Yeah, I think I figured something out. Oh, oh, cool. Live on the scene. Did it work? Oh, uh, I, can see, I can see it's horizontal. No, no, it's still not. I don't get it. Never mind. Google that problem. I'm not sure what's wrong with it. <laughs> There's your hand. But anyway, hopefully you guys have been enjoying uh, cannabis legalization news. You can join us here every Wednesday at 2, or we'll let you know if something else comes up. Look look for some new guests, especially as to um, the cannabis industry, or what lawyers are facing in the cannabis industry, and what uh, producers are facing. Uh, until next time, uh, Miggy, uh, why don't you take us out here? Um, for Washington State people, I'd like them to uh, look up SB 5234 SB and then check us out on weednews.co and Google the cannabis industry lawyer. Awesome. Awesome. Peace.